Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I am in Las Vegas, but heading back to Los Angeles. Now we got the crew back in Southern California. It's our money buckets and Brendan Deutsch. How are we doing on this beautiful Tuesday? Doing well. I was uh, not here yesterday. I listened back to the show, and I am so proud of you guys. Jihei mentioned it as well. Actually, Arash, you mentioned it. You guys did not talk about the Lakers for the first, like, 15 minutes. It was Clipper talk. We loved it. So glad to see that uh, we are level-headed over here. And glad (laughs) you're back in crypto tonight, although they're not 500. It's a special occasion. They're going to win, so it's okay. Yeah, listen, a big night for the Lakers, big night for uh, Pau Gasol. Pau Gasol getting his number 16 retired at Crypto.com Arena, Staples Center. Again, Pau, um, you know, 10 years ago when he got traded to the Lakers, totally changing the trajectory of that franchise. I really think the way we view Kobe's career, the way we view Pau's career, career. I remember um, at that time, you know, you have to remember this was post Shaq, right? And so the first three years post Shaq, the Lakers missed the playoffs in year one. They get bounced in the first round in year two. They get bounced in the first round in year three to the point that Kobe and people forget this now, but Kobe demanded a trade that summer. He didn't want to be here. Uh, He did want to go to the Chicago Bulls. Both teams had, uh, you know, a variety of conversations, but, I mean, but the fact of the matter was, no, no, no matter what the trade was, the Chicago Bulls, for example, would have had to basically trade their entire team to get Kobe. So, I mean, so Kobe was not any closer to winning a championship in Chicago post-trade than he would be. So he begins the season with the Lakers in 2007. People forget this as well. He got booed that, that first game because, again, he was very public. He did a very public tour of basically saying, you know, I, I've tried my best for three years here, that they haven't improved the team. And um, and then really, like, out of nowhere. Again, the Lakers had improved that season. They got Fisher back. They made the trade for Trevor Ariza. But they weren't a championship team. I think that they were the fourth seed when they made the trade for Powell. But the trade for Powell was always so shocking for this reason. Now, we look back at it now and say, Marcus Gasol, it turns out to be this fantastic player. You got to remember, Marcus Gasol was a second round pick who was still playing in Europe. So he had not even come to the team yet. It was a trade package that included Kwame Brown, Javaris Crittenden. We know what happened with him. Um, 
uh, again, the draft rights to Marcus All, who was a late second round pick, who wasn't even with the team, and no one knew if he would come. Uh, it was, I mean, they, they basically stole Pau Gasol, who was at that point one of the top 15 players in the league. Perfect combination to Kobe. They go on to the finals that year, lose to the Celtics, go on to win back-to-back titles. Um, you know, and, and this is such an emotional night tonight when they reti- retire Pau's 16 because Kobe was very public about saying, you know, when Pau gets his number retired, I want it right next to mine, you know, because we don't win those t- titles here without Pau. So um, I know you guys were younger. Uh, your thoughts, again, I, I really think Pau's time here um, – gets a little bit like overshadowed because of when he left. And when I say when he left, it wasn't his fault that the team was no longer a championship contender. But uh, I was always amazed, you know, post-retirement, I was very adamant saying first ballot Hall of Famer will get his jersey retired, not even a question. And I I, I would occasionally get pushback from fans saying, well, if you're going to retire Powell's jersey, then you got to retire, you know, uh, Cooper and uh, Kurt Rambis. And I'm like, you guys, like, this is one of the all-time greats. This is one of the greatest players in league history. Uh, Your your guys' thoughts, being younger, your guys' thoughts on Powell Gasol. For me, it was always about the fact that he always had this stigma for some reason that he was soft. But every time the Lakers were in a big moment in a big game, it felt like he never wanted to deal with Al Gasol because he showed up. Um, and, and not only that, he kind of started to revolutionize that big man position with his ability to stretch the floor and his playmaking and his passing. Um, it was so fun to watch him. I remember that one, you probably remember it better than I do, Arash, but that one game where he had the rebound as a center and he took it coast to coast. And what did he do? Like the fake behind the back. And yeah, he had like, those are the things now that we see the Joker doing in all these big men that at that time, which was not that long ago, it was like, whoa, he's doing, he's doing what? But Pow was, I mean, he was, so I have a question to ask you guys. Do you think that that Gasol trade shifted the way that the league does business with the Lakers? Because yeah, I- real, real quick, kid, I'll go first. I mean, I don't think so because of the way that the trade panned out. Now, obviously, it's a win for the Lakers, not even a question. Again, you have to realize this. When I say the Lakers were not competing, again, first year post Shaq, Kobe's team missed the playoffs, bounced in the first round by the Suns, bounced in the first round by the Suns. They had improved this season, but they were more like, okay, they may win a first-round series. Again, they were in that 4-5 seed. Um, Post-POW trade, obviously, they go, they go on this run. When I say you, you know, the, the way you look at this trade now, if Marc Gasol doesn't turn out to be this amazing player for the Grizzlies, I think you do look at that trade and go, what, like, what the heck happens? To your point, Buckets, yes, that is one of the reasons. I mean, listen, there's, there's no doubt uh, it's one of the reasons that the Chris Paul trade did not happen. Now, 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 what gets lost with the Chris Paul trade, and people forget about this, and it's so it's like low-hanging fruit to kind of like joke about this. 
The league did not veto the trade because it was not a fair trade. The league vetoed the trade because at that point in time, they were in a unique position of controlling the Hornets. They controlled the Hornets. So David Stern was the de facto GM. Again, very unique situation. We don't have that right now. We've not really had that since then. So it was a unique period of time that for however long that was, the league controlled the team. If that was not the case, it doesn't matter if the league didn't like the trade or did not think the trade was fair. But very clearly, a lot of teams are very sensitive towards gift wrapping the Lakers a championship team. Um, So listen, I mean, I go back to that trade. I mean, Greg Popovich was beside himself. I mean, Greg Popovich... I, I think kind of stop short of saying we need to look into this because another thing that gets lost in the mix, Jerry West at that point was not the GM of the Grizzlies. That gets lost too. I mean, people kind of forget that at that point he had moved on. Again, the Grizzlies made this trade for Marcus at the time of the trade. No one knew who Mark would be. We knew what, what Pow was. Um, and again, a, a non-factor for the Lakers, late second-round pick that was not with the team, was playing in Spain. We didn't know how long he would be in Spain. So the fact that the Grizzlies did that deal for Gasol turned out to be a good deal for them. Again, Powell was probably going to leave regardless But what happens with the Lakers, he was really, truly the perfect piece. I mean, no one could have played alongside Kobe the way Powell did. So long-winded way of saying, I do think it's kind of skewed. I think a lot of teams are like, man, like this seems like a good trade for us, but I think I need to pry a little bit more out of the Lakers than I would. Well, absolutely. And just going on from what Buckets was saying, if you watch any of these finals games, even when Kobe was struggling, especially against the Celtics in that game seven, you know, it was Powell stepped up. He stepped up in that game. He stepped up in every series, every big series they had, and just how methodical he was um, on offense. And we, you know, his, his defense is underrated as well. But just if you look at his offensive game, how methodical gets the ball if the jumper's not there. He was a great passing center, um, you know, a very, very discounted Jokic type of player or a Vita Sabonis type of guy, uh, you know, in Gasol where he would always make the right play. He would pass it to the shooters. You know, this is when they were shooting less threes in the NBA, but still he would create his own shot and he just did all the right things. So, yeah, I, I'm very, very thankful for Pau Gasol as a Lakers fan growing up watching, you know, the championships he won and just him being a Lakers legend and very, very um, excited to see the Jersey, you know, tonight. Um, but also I think they, they are going to win. So I think this is a good game for them to do it, especially with child. Yeah. But, but by the way, wait, where do we stand with the Grizzlies right now? Because this is not just a normal situation where jaws out for a, a couple of games. Right. I, I think that there's a lot of turmoil with this team right now. Uh, so we're, we're, we're going to loop this back to the Clippers because, listen, that was a big win for them because they had to get a win. But this idea that they beat the Grizzlies, I mean, I'm, I'm really sorry, guys. I, I, I think that there is, a, there is a deeper problem at play here. I mean, John Morant, yes, Grizzlies are a deep team that they've found a way to win a number of games without job. When you have a franchise player like him, 
going through what he's going through, and I don't think it's just two games. I think in the short term, it was like, okay, he's suspended for these two games against the Clippers and against the Lakers tonight. That being said, my guess is he's going to be gone for a, a, a while. And um, where do we stand with the Grizzlies? Again, one of the most talented teams in the league, one of the deepest teams in the league, one of the teams that gets under the skin of every team in the league. Where do we stand right now with the Memphis Grizzlies? So a few things. Uh, going back to yesterday's show, that Clippers game, I, I heard what Brandon said. At this point, again, Brandon, you said it. If they beat the Rockets like that, it's a, it's a win to get the monkey off your back. That was a good win regardless of the opponent. For Memphis, let's not forget, they were 20-2 and two without John Morant last year. A lot of that is because Tyus Jones is, is the best backup point guard in the league, and he, he keeps them steady without Morant there. And he was playing like Stephen Curry in the third quarter. So let's not take away too much from Memphis. They lose Brandon Clark to an Achilles tear, but his replacement is Santi Aldama, who is about the same as him. They lose Steven Adams, but Xavier Tillman is another version of Steven Adams. And Dylan Brooks being gone might not be a bad thing for that team. So they're about the same team to me. They lose depth, but they're still a very formidable opponent. And now you have word coming out that the CBA says, this is according to Mark Stein, the CBA says that if there is a firearm on team premises, meaning a team plane, that's an automatic 50-game suspension. Yeah. That's why the league is trying to ascertain where, the, uh, where was the gun before the Instagram video. For me, really quickly about Memphis, I thought that they were – a first-round potential exit regardless of whether they were fully healthy or not. They're a good team, but they have flaws dealing with their top-end talent is not good enough against other top-end talent. Yeah, and just going off, Arash, do you want to add something before? I was going to say this to my good friend, Armani Buckets. You know as well as I do, and by the way, we, we got this picture of Armani Buckets with a Clippers shirt, so we really know where his allegiance is live. If, if, if the roles were reversed, if the Lakers were in the Clippers position, if the Lakers had gone five straight games without winning, down by, I forgot, 16, 20 points to the Memphis Grizzlies at home, and they came back and win, you would have poo-pooed it, and I'll let you chime in here in a bit. But here's the thing. This doesn't solve the Clippers' problems. I mean, there's no way you could watch the way that they that team played. And you like to focus sometimes. And by the way, you're totally right in doing this. We like to focus sometimes on the comeback. Let's not forget where the Clippers were against a depleted Grizzlies team for three and a half quarters, right? So they came back and found a way to win that game. Kudos to them. It doesn't solve where the Clippers are at right now, in my view. They needed that win. They're still in this play-in tournament, and they're still in a very precarious position, by the way, of not being able to get out of the play-in tournament. So, I mean, I... I really believe if the roles were reversed, if we're talking about the Lakers and not the Clippers, I think you would have focused more on the th three and a half quarters to begin that game, not the comeback. You are, you are a Laker hater. Rolling <laughs> <laughs> through. Let me add something on the Grizzlies really quick because I do think they're a formidable, a formidable opponent, even without John Clark, and it's because of their, their defensive uh, prowess. You know, Jaron Jackson Jr., the defensive player of the year, probably going to win 3.3 blocks per game as the highest block percentage in the NBA. Desmond Baines, no slouch on defense. They still have Dylan Brooks when he plays. I know he was suspended, 
But, I mean, they're no slouch. Do they probably still lose in the first round without their superstar, Morant, who looks like he's going to be out for the rest of the season regardless? I mean, I think that's just a – we don't know what's going to happen, but either the 50-game suspension or he just takes some time away from the team. Regardless, it's not looking good for the Grizzlies. What started out as a promising year, they wanted to make that run that they had started last year. Um, not going to happen. I'm with Armand. I think they lose in the first round now. They just don't have that star power without Jaw. Um, and that moxie to defeat even a Clippers in a seven-game series. Because, I mean, the Clippers, we talked about this yesterday, Rosh. Regardless of how bad they played, they're built for a seven-game series. They just are. Yeah. They are, through and through. So you're right, Arash. It's it's a very valid point, you know. But here's my thing with the Clippers. Um, it was more so that they're in free-fall mode, and that's why the win was, was a feel-good win. But it doesn't negate the fact that this team is full of problems. The number one problem for me being the fact that they don't like to play defense. They legitimately were, it was a layup line in the third quarter, giving up 51 points. This team does not like to defend. And when you don't have that defensive DNA, this is a team that needs a Jared Vanderbilt type. Somebody that goes in there and literally just focuses on bringing energy and defense. And right now, who is that on the Clippers? I don't see anybody on that roster playing that kind of role. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that that is the most frustrating thing because Ty Lue, in my mind, I, and he's always been a great coach. He's also been a very good defensive coach. And so for this team, and, and, and I don't know what it is, guys, I, I can, can this be fixed this late in the season? I mean, when you have a layup line at home for a team that's lost five straight games, Darvin Ham has not said a lot of uh, – profound things. I think the one quote that he said recently that really hit home for me is it's a 24 hour day. If I can't get these guys up for two and a half hours and like, what the heck are we like even doing out here for the Clippers third quarter for you to give up over 50 points. I mean, can that be fixed? Probably not, but I would ask you which team in the Western conference does not have a fatal flaw. Which team is it Phoenix that doesn't have a flaw because if the Clippers can be really good offensively, at least in the half court, like Brandon said, the playoffs does fit the way that ideally they want to play. But at some point, you're going to need to get stops. Yeah. I don't know if they can get stops. But again, Denver has some flaws. Golden State is 7-24 and on the road. Phoenix is still brand new. So I can hear an argument still for the Clippers. It's just it wouldn't be my first pick of team to choose. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, look, we're looking at right now where Jokic and the Nuggets easily have the best chance to come out of the Western Conference. No, I disagree. Oh man, what's what's the conference finals in your guys' view? Because I, I think it may be a little bit easier to pick the the top two teams. Uh, I mean, so I. I'm going Denver Phoenix conference finals. And by the way, so what happens in that situation is I, I kind of like to lean towards the, the bigger superstar. Now, here's the interesting thing. Jokic will win the most valuable player is sort of like this next, not next great star. He is a superstar. I'm still siding with KD. I'm still siding with the Suns there. Uh, look, that that's who should be in the Western conference finals, right? If we're looking at it on paper, Jokic is having the best season uh, 
you know, he's had probably. He's going to win. Um, his team is great. Remember, last time Jamal Murray, Murray and Michael Porter Jr. were healthy, they were in the Western Conference Finals, lost to the champions, the Lakers. They should be back there unequivocally, right? Unless the Lakers somehow pull off an upset against them, which I don't think is going to happen, though they do play them well, which is surprising. Um, and then the Suns, really concerned about their depth. I mean, Okogi was 0 for 8 from 3 for the first portion of that game, and he's been their guy, right? Torrey Craig came in 1 for 4 from 3. And then you got Ish Wainwright, who had the best game of his life, just for them to beat Dallas in that game. They're very top-heavy. And yes, Arash, they have the stars. They should make it. I think a sleeper is is still the Warriors, and I hate to say it. I, I'm going back to what Armand said. I, I I know what you're saying with them being in the standings. I I really kind of have to push back and calling the defending champions and four time recent champions the Warriors a, a sleeper. I get what you're saying because they have not been that team this year. Uh, come come playoff team time, they're one of those teams. No one wants to face Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. You go down to that list. But I think it's also, I think it's one of those years where I don't think as of right now we can unequivocally say, like, predict who's going to be in the Western Conference Finals. So I'm going to refrain from saying the two teams right now. I just want to see a little more over the next couple weeks. The East, it's probably Milwaukee, Boston, but you never know with the way the Knicks, Cavs, and Sixers are playing. I know we're running out of time here. Quickly, with uh, with my Western Conference Finals prediction, first thing I want to say, if the Lakers are fully healthy, I'm taking them against the Denver Nuggets. In round one, wow. I will take the Lakers. Uh, next thing I want to say, if it comes down to right now, the way seeding is, Golden State would play Phoenix in round one. I think I would lean with the Suns, but I don't know how to feel about that. Western Conference Finals, Suns against Sacramento is how I would go right now. Oh, you know what? I'm really, if that happens, I'd be so happy for the people of Sacramento because they've, uh, listen, I don't know, I forgot, 16 years, no postseason. And again, the high watermark of that, those Kings teams was those Kings teams that made it to the Conference Finals uh, but lost to the Lakers. All right, let's leave it there for now. We'll talk more about the Lakers, Clippers, and so much more when we come back. Right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now, in a city where time disappears. We create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310 310- 400-0340. In lieu of going out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline, I want to tell you guys that the best place to be this March Madness is at Circus Sports. Stadium Swim, largest outdoor sports book, largest indoor sports book. We're going to be out there. Uh, I think Jihei is going to be out there. 
we'll see how much of the crew can come out there as well. I gave Armani Bucket some grief earlier. I'm going to have to give my boy Brandon Deutsch some grief. Brandon, there's only 19, 17, 16. I don't know how many games left in the season, my friend. We do need a Western Conference Finals prediction from you. You do the best NBA power rankings. And by the way, they're on the front page of the Sporting Tribune. Let's just start there. Who are the top two teams in the Western Conference in this week's edition? Okay, so I, if we're doing it on – thank you for the shout-out. But if we're doing it based on that, it would be Denver versus Sacramento. Oh, well, look at that. Armani Bucket, Sacramento. If it was because Denver's second and Sacramento's fifth. I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. It's the, they have the highest offensive rating in NBA history. History would say they're not going to make it because, you know, at, we say this stat all the time, 14 in the last 50 champions, top 11 defensive rating. Their defensive rating is 27th. It's abysmal, but they outscore teams on any given night. They're hot. They have a good roster. Guys, I mean, Trey Lyles looks like the second coming of Jesus on some <laughs> nights, and he's like their 10th man. Uh, so, I mean, they have a good position. If we're basing it on that, it'll be those two. But I'd be, you know, this sounds kind of crazy. I expect if LeBron comes back, the Lakers to make a run. I really do. <laughs> At least come out. <laughs> I least, love it. Like, I'm down put, for it healthy if he doesn't come back healthy you can call their season quits but i expect at the very least even without lebron for them to get the 10 seed. i mean utah is choking no oh man so this is the the moment where i have to be honest with myself when we look at 9 through 13 um i believe everybody except oklahoma city's a half a game back right now 9 through 12 are all tied up and if you ask me who are the top two teams 9 through 12 I would go Oklahoma City and the Lakers. And I hate I, wow. I don't say that, but yeah. That's how it looks. All right. Here is my dream scenario. And I and I and I think this could happen. We'll see if it happens. Seven and eight seed again in this in this play-in uh, tournament. They play each other. I'm going to pick that it's the Dallas Mavericks versus the Los Angeles Clippers, seven and eight. They're going to play each other. Now, the loser, the loser faces the winner of the 9 10 seed game, right? I think that's going to be the Lakers and the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think LeBron James is back for that game. And I think not, as much as our money buckets likes his OKC Thunder, they've done a lot more this season than most people thought that, that they could. So the fact that they're just in the play in tournament is incredible. They lose to the Lakers. I'm picking the Mavericks to beat the Clippers, right? So we would have this amazing scenario where we've never had this in the postseason before. We get a Lakers Clippers do or die winner go home game in the postseason. And give me the Lakers. Give me LeBron James, Anthony Davis, uh, D'Lo, that whole crew knocking off. Knocking off Kawhi, Paul George, and Ru the drama for that game, guys. I mean, I mean, if if the league is at all, and it's not, but like if if they can pull any strings to make this happen, that's my dream scenario. That would be a heck of a scenario. Your scenario also means that you have Minnesota in the top six, which is interesting. Which I don't disagree with, by the way. But I, I would say Dallas. Leapfrogs Minnesota at some point. Even if Dallas does leapfrog, your scenario could still play out. Minnesota could beat the Clippers, which would lead to that Clipper-Laker matchup. But yeah. it's going to be hard for – I still think the Clippers have a great chance at the sixth seed and making it out of that play-in. But we'll see. I mean, 
that is that would be one of the most memorable games. Oh, oh yeah. We've seen in our lifetime, even if it is a playing game, that is wow. And to be honest, it's like yes, it's a playing game, not a seven game series, but in a weird way, it's almost more meaningful because it's win or go home, do or die. It's essentially a game seven. So you're you know, uh one team season's done. And so yes, I I like the drama of a postseason series. But this, with this play-in tournament, why I've slowly grown fond of it. Well, be besides the point that as a as a Lakers fan, it gives me uh, hope that they have a chance to make the postseason. Is that you do have that tournament feel to it for the Lakers if they are the nine or ten seed. Those first two games are win or go home. You have to win to advance. So if they win that first game against the Thunder, for example, they would have a win or go home game against. And I, I love the Clippers matchup because of the significance there. Again, three years ago, uh, you know, July of 2020, you know, they, they, they both remade themselves into being the top two teams in the West. Anthony Davis joins LeBron James with the Lakers. Paul, George, Kawhi come to the Clippers, and they really were – they lived up to the, the expectation that first year. Those were the top two teams in the Western Conference. They should have met in the conference finals. Now, it wasn't going to be in Los Angeles. It was going to be in Florida. <clears throat> the Lakers, as we know, go on to the conference finals, and the Clippers uh, just – I mean, how they did this is still incredible to me. Blew a 3-1 series lead to the Nuggets. Um, they both, neither one of those teams since they left Florida have really been the same since. Now, I'll, I kind of preface that. I mean, the Clippers did get to the conference finals, but again, the, the Clippers made this move to win a championship. Um, so that's the that's the dream scenario, guys. What's the matchup you guys would want to see? Again, I'm I'm not going out on a limb here, uh, with our show being in Southern California, saying I want to see a Lakers Clippers play in game. What's the one matchup you guys would like to see? Well, first off, I do not want to see a Lakers Clippers matchup. <laughs> seeing the Clippers in like four years, it seems like head to head. Although in the games that, if we were to win that game, that'd be the one game that mattered over those past three years. So I, I hope that happens in that scenario. By the way, Arash, if that does happen, the Lakers would be playing either the Kings or the Grizzlies. All right, great for them. Those are two great matchups for them. Um, I know Armand might disagree, but those are two great matchups. Look, would you rather see Suns or, or Warriors? No, exactly. So, uh, look, that's a good scenario for them. I still think that – I'm going to say this. I'm looking at the Clippers' schedule right now. I do think that they find their way to the sixth seed. I really do. I agree with Armand. I, I think that they're in the sixth seed. I think that Dallas – that would mean Dallas and Minnesota are down to seven and eight, right? I think uh, Dallas goes to seven. Minnesota falls to eight. I'm still not sold on Minnesota. They only play well with one center, and that's because Cat's hurt. If Cat comes back, they're a worthless team that will go out with, like – because, look, I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure out. To play basketball at a high level, you can't have two centers, one of which you cannot shoot in the modern NBA. It just doesn't work. Um, I would take Dallas to beat them. Uh, so Dallas would then get the seven seed, face Sacramento, who I have getting the two seed, and the Clippers would play – the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round because Memphis would have three seed. That'd be a free free win in a seven game series for the Clippers, right? Then you're looking nine ten. I do not think the Thunder make it. I think it's going to be Lakers versus. I think it's going to be the Blazers. I think Dame's a man on a mission. I think 
you know, the Blazers are right now ahead of the Lakers. They own the tiebreaker because we can't guard Dame to save our lives, apparently. Uh, no one can, though. It's not just us. I think the Lakers are the nine seed and the Blazers are the 10 seed. So that's a home game. Iraq will be there. He'll see LeBron <laughs> go off right. and Anthony Davis falter. He's gonna, uh, Davis will falter in that game, but LeBron will win in the game. <laughs> um, and then they're going to play Minnesota uh, for that eight seed. And I think the Lakers do beat Minnesota. I think they match up very well against them, especially with LeBron. He's not losing that game. So I think Minnesota gets out and the Lakers play the Nuggets in the first round. I really think that's what's going to happen. They're going to play eight Lakers, one Nuggets, and then two Kings versus seven, what is that, uh, Dallas? Dallas, and then three Grizzlies, six Clippers, and then some Warriors in the first round. I think that's how it's going to go. Yeah. Um, to go back to your question, Arash, about which matchup I would be most excited for, um, well, the easy answer is Suns-Warriors round one, but I don't know how you think about it. I – do we like that happening so early? I It's not a bad thing, but it's like, man, save some drama for later, I guess. The other underrated great matchup would be if the Kings match up with Golden State, have that NorCal rivalry similar to Lakers-Clippers. You have that with Sacramento's first playoff appearance in 16 years. They match up with the Warriors round one. I think that would be absolutely electric. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's, here's the thing with – with a lot of the contenders um, having struggled this season, we are going to get some of these. Uh, we're we're going to see great games or great series on paper that, again, normally we, we would have thought prior to the season that we would have gotten them in the conference finals or at least in the second round. I mean, again, again, Clippers are going to be a low seed. The Lakers are a low seed. The Warriors are moving up, but they're not going to be a top two or three seed. So, again, you're going to have uh, these situations where you're going to have LeBron James playing as a nine seed or the Clippers being like a seven seed. And so you're, you're, go you're going to see great matchups at the beginning of this postseason where – and again, that's really a byproduct, right, of all these teams really struggling that, again, that we thought would contend this season. So I have a question for you, Arash. This weekend on Saturday, we saw Philadelphia go into Milwaukee and end the Bucks' win streak, which was 16 games or 17 games, I forget. Um, with that win, a lot of people have put the Sixers firmly into that contender category. Do you put Philly into that contender category? I think there's certainly a contender. I, and again, I always go back to the fact of you know what what is what a team do you have you know and 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 regardless of the fact if they haven't uh, performed up to their capability you know come playoff time like I, I I want someone like a James Harden I want a Joel Embiid I want a team that has played in the postseason listen everyone wants to crap on Doc Rivers and I get it but at the end of the day I mean, you do have a coach in Doc who has won a championship I get that it was a long time ago but um they are a contender do I think they're better than the Celtics? No. Do I think they're better than Milwaukee? No. I think that they're a team that could give one of those teams a good series. So by definition, yes, they are a contender. The reason why I brought them up is because we tend to talk about the exciting Western Conference and yeah. I feel like we neglect the East a little bit, which is you know understandable because Boston and Milwaukee seem to be the two top teams. 
But how about the Cleveland versus New York first-round matchup? That'd be insane. With Donovan Mitchell's trade rumors all summer to the Knicks, and then he ends up in Cleveland. He's playing out of his mind this year. And then you have the Knicks, which I think Knicks fans would say that this is their most exciting team since either the Carmelo teams or since 1999. This is yeah. – the Knicks are electric. By the way, really, really quick, when you talk about teams that I think for the league to be successful, for the league to be more fun, there is nothing like postseason basketball at Madison Square Garden when the Knicks are thought to be a, a, a good team. Again, no one's picking them to win the whole thing. But think back in the day, and you guys don't remember this, but when you know Patrick Ewing was at the height of his career, there was nothing, the electricity in New York City – at the mecca of basketball, Madison Square Garden, this is good for the league. When the Knicks are good, when you're having significant uh, or at least playoff games played at, 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 at Madison Square Garden, that is great for the league. I completely agree with you, but what happens when you have a villain like Trey Young come in? <laughs> That's fun! That's yeah. great! <laughs> the yeah. Knicks fans don't think it's fun. But By yeah. the way, um, you know, you asked Aras the question. You didn't ask me about the 76ers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, death taxes, Doc Rivers coach in the playoffs. I'm sorry. You were gonna say. James Harden, Joel Embiid, as much as we love them, they played great this season. We know what they turn into in the playoffs. We just do. They turn into frauds. They might win the first round series. They might even lose. By the way, they're on an upset alert in series one. Uh, I know it was impressive and that pick and roll is unstoppable. If they're smart, they do that down the stretch of every game and maybe they can – make a run. I just don't see, I think if you're looking at the sleeper teams, it's the Knicks and Cavaliers. I wouldn't even put the 76ers to upset Boston or Milwaukee in a seven game series. We know Giannis isn't going to let that happen if they match up against each other. And I don't know, Tatum might because he's kind of soft some games <laughs> half the time. For whatever reason, he'll score like 10 points in one game and 50 the next. He's a really odd basketball player. But uh, in the playoffs, they still have, the Celtics have the best roster right down, down the stretch. I mean, they have Jalen Brown, Guys like Robert Williams, when he comes back, I know he's hurt right now. Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, that can step up and really – and Al Horford. By the way, Al Horford, we should just call the Grim Reaper. For whatever reason, <laughs> in big games, somehow this man turns back the clock and he's 20 years, years old again. I don't know what he was what he was smoking last week against the Knicks. And who knows what happened when he ate for breakfast that morning. But he came back, and we know what he turns into in a playoff series. So, no, I do not like the Sixers. But I do with, I would love to see – the Knicks, how hot they are versus the Cavaliers in the first round. Yeah. That would be epic, by the way. Epic for the league. And by the way, if 76ers get gifted the three seed and get to play whatever bum in, is in the six seed, Miami. Oh, Miami could beat them. Yeah. They have experience. If Miami gets the six seed, they could beat them. Brooklyn is going nowhere, uh, as good as Mikhail Bridges is. They'll lose in the plan if they get down in the plan because uh, Toronto and Atlanta are better than them. Chicago. They got a slew of issues right now. Rush, I want to okay. I want to tell you this because I was wrong in my prediction. I said the Lakers, the three game win streak would start last week. They won two out of the three games. That's fine. Lost to Minnesota, which I was very depressed about. Okay, let's go to this week. We got Grizzlies, the Raptors, and the Knicks. Unfortunately. I think we got another two and one situation here, which you know is not ideal. But as long as you know, as simplistic as this as it is to say, if you win more than you lose, I think that they go two and one. Um, I think they they win tonight. Uh, listen, I, I don't think that they're going to beat the Knicks, so I got them going two and one. What about you, Brandon? I agree. I don't think they beat the Knicks. Um, the Raptors are going to be much tougher than anybody yeah. expects. 
always play the Lakers tough. They're long. They're athletic. The Lakers hate teams. They've always hated teams the past couple of years that are long and athletic and cause problems defensively. Lakers are very turnover prone. The Raptors cause the most turnovers in basketball. However, if they're going to beat the Raptors in that game, Troy Brown, who's Larmon has been dissing. He's been crazy productive these past couple of weeks. He's going to need to have a big game. The Raptors give up the third most threes in the NBA percentage-wise. So they're going to have to hit the three of the Lakers. They can't just bang inside like they normally do to win basketball games against the Raptors. They're going to have to shoot. I think Troy Brown's going to be a big part of that. Don't count them out from beating the Knicks. I mean, that's a must-win game. Yeah. Um, you know, they're at home. Uh, call me crazy. I mean, the Lakers are much better at home, aren't they? They're like – Yeah. Yeah maybe 500 or a game or two over at home. And, I think and what like- happens is when they when 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 they get back to 500, and it's going to be absolutely electric tonight because the power and it'll be sold out and all that good stuff. But once they get back to 500, if they sneak above 500 and the fans can kind of sense that this is a play-in uh, team and they'll be playing past the regular season, there's something about crypto. There's something about Staples Center. They, 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 they have um, – they, they do have a home court – advantage there the problem is they have not really showcased it because they've been so bad for the past two seasons so if they can get back into this you know play in uh contention mode if they can start to play some significant games where they have like a lead late it is a meaningful advantage and by the way that's why as the 9-10 seed i do want them to play the clippers like only because that's going to be a pro Lakers crowd and our good friend Grant Mona can attest to this. Like even when it's a Clippers home game, it's still a Lakers crowd. By the way, um, so one thing I'll say about the Clippers, which I forgot to mention, impressed with Russell Westbrook's um, screen setting. Yeah. yeah. You know, something that's different from him now versus on the Lakers is he's supposedly the team leader. He brings energy and he's been very, very, uh, He's dissecting defenses way more on the Clippers, like being more passive with that jumper, making better decisions. Uh, I don't think he's as bad as he is on the Lakers. I don't think he's the primary reason they're one in five. I think a lot of that is Ty Lue's rotations. Last thing I'll say, the Lakers, they play the Rockets two more times and the Jazz two more times. Other than that, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, here, the good thing about them is they're now in that position where they're tied for the 10 seed, where they don't have to go on a crazy run. They do have to win more than they lose. They, But I really think that they're going to be in this mix till the very end now. Now that they've kind of reached that, they're, you know, they're not two games back of the 10 seed. They're, they're tied for the 10 seed now. You do have to figure out a way why the Knicks game is important, why tonight's important, all these games are important. Yes, you have to win the games that you're supposed to win. That goes without saying. But you do have to find a way to kind of sneak out some wins that people don't think that you're going to win, like the game against the Knicks. I mean, if they surprise us and go 3-0, and now you're talking. And now, by the way, that they're in that position where they can go up the seeding a little bit. They can go from you know, the 10 seed to the nine seed to maybe the eight seed seven. Um, again, I think they're for sure a play in tournament team, um, but they're kind of in that mix now where they don't have to go on a crazy run, but we'll see what they do. I mean, again, it begins, uh, it not only just begins tonight, but I think tonight would be a really cool moment. And again, it's, it's going to be a very memorable moment because Pau Gasol will be there getting his number 16 retired alongside Kobe's numbers. It'll be an emotional night. And I, and I hope all the Lakers players, the current ones who are there, take a moment to appreciate it. And uh, hey, 
you're part of a franchise that's won 17 championships. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.